Today is Tuesday, September 6, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A Memphis jogger got abducted. It's a shocking story that has gripped the country. We'll have details on that and more on today's podcast. We bring you news from a Christian perspective. If you agree with that mission, you can help. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating. Share it with a friend. We would love to have you with us as we journey through the news of the day together. Let's do it from a Christian worldview. You're just not going to get that from other news outlets. And so joining me to get through it, as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire. What's going on, guys? Happy Tuesday. We're back at it after a long weekend. How are you guys doing? Excited to be here. It was a good long weekend. Good. But it's nice to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Always good to get a reset. But we come back and, man, it is just, uh, there's there's a lot to get through. We're going to try to get through it as quick as we can here today to get you started. A confession that police are saying, they've not seen one like this before. You guys are going to bring us the details on that. And on the main thing, we're looking at some incredible second chance stories. These are great stories of redemption and reinstatement of people who had been previously sort of overcome by life circumstances or choices. This is obviously a very Christian principle. And so it's great to see these stories. And we're going to focus on a few of those today amidst this struggling economy. But uh, first, we're going to go through the news of the day in 90 seconds. Eliza Fletcher is a 34-year-old Memphis school teacher. She was jogging around 4 a.m. on Friday. When you could see it on surveillance, a man approached her and forced her into an SUV after a brief struggle. Fletcher was then reported missing uh, when she didn't return home from her jog that morning. Uh, Cleotha Abston has been arrested after DNA evidence and video evidence linked him to the scene of the crime. His family said he was acting strangely. He was cleaning out the car. They did find some DNA and blood and signs that um, Fletcher may have uh, suffered uh, severe uh, physical harm just based on the evidence that they found there. And then today, Memphis police have found a body this morning. And as of this taping, they've not yet confirmed if it is indeed Fletcher, but it was found in that area. So prayers to that family right now for sure. And a feel-good story that almost wasn't. A woman trying to buy food for a homeless man at Popeye's had the police called on her. No, ma'am, you can't do it, she was told. The manager was eventually called and the situation straightened out. And the man who was only identified as Jazz thanked Joe Ortega. She's a college student uh, there in Atlanta, and she was the one that was just trying to do a good deed. And uh, the crazy turn of events here, she was called, but thankfully it was all straightened out. And lastly, guys, Lord of the Rings on Amazon. It's getting absolutely slammed by reviewers. Even Elon Musk got into the action here, criticizing the $250 million project. With fans of Tolkien saying that while it looks nice and beautiful, they basically just take in names of popular Tolkien characters from the book series and put them in a quote-unquote bland story. So these are just some of the headlines happening today. You can check out more over at CBNNews.com. Trey, Billy, uh, wanted to get your take on this. I, I don't, I'm not a huge um, Lord of the Rings guy. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the stories. I'm, I've, you know, my kids are reading them. I, I'm just very interested that they've gone and sort of it, it appears, according to fans, that maybe, maybe there's been some, I don't know, wokeness put in it. Elon Musk saying that the men have just been sort of made a bunch of cowards and that Tolkien would be rolling over in his grave. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I even saw some quotes from one of the actresses saying, well, we can't know for sure, you know, what, what the characters might have looked like. And there were 
were some people responding to that saying uh, Tolkien went out of his way to, yeah. you know, explain exactly what these characters looked like. And <laughs> yeah. so even the image of the characters. But I think a project like this is always going to get panned unless you do. I mean, look, you can pour millions of dollars into it. And in this case, hundreds of millions. But yeah. it you have to do it extremely well and very carefully because of the legacy of it. And so I am not shocked to right. hear any of these just things. Just stick to the book, right? I mean, try it. just stick to the book as best you can. I mean, it feels like if you go out and take all these liberties, you're just going to irk people with it not being familiar. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, too, that in 2022, the, the thing to do is complain. So everybody complains about everything <laughs> yeah, all true. the time. Um, Fair, so point. Keep, Fair point. Keep that in mind. But, <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, I think, you know, it, it seems like Hollywood is going out of its way to uh, inject leftist ideologies into pretty much anything that they possibly can. So I haven't watched it. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Um, so, but with that in mind, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some leftist ideology that's been put in that because you can hardly watch anything that hasn't been injected with some yeah. of that these days. Well, no. And I, yeah, I just caught the end of star Wars as I was flipping around the channels. Um, the, the last in the new one, the rise of Skywalker. And it was right at the ending scene. And it was when they had that, you know, it's the, it's the crescendo moment with all the characters celebrating and they force in a lesbian kiss into that little montage of people celebrating the empire being defeated, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, I mean, unsurprising at all that, that it seems like Hollywood is becoming more and more willing to just sort of try to inject their ideologies in here. Well, they always have, but it, it seems like it's a little more obnoxious uh, as of late. So, all right. Authorities are saying they have not seen anything like James Eric Crisp's recent confession. What uh, what are the details here? This is an incredible story. Yeah, so you've got a Mississippi man here who you know shocks authorities. He walks into a police station last Tuesday and allegedly admits of his own volition to killing a person three years ago. So the police didn't approach him. It was a cold case of this murder that happened uh, three years ago of a man named Roger Lloyd Taylor um, who died in Alabama. So they hadn't solved this. And, and suddenly this guy walks in, James Eric Crisp, and he offers a confession um, to this murder. And it's it's just an insane story. Um, authorities said again, like you said, they've never seen anything like this. Uh, Monroe County Sheriff Kevin Crook, he's been a cop for over 20 years. Uh, he was very shocked by it. Um, they just couldn't believe that this man came forward and, and gave up that information. So why did he? I, so what compels somebody to do this? Crisp in his situation, I, you, you, you commit this crime. Clearly it's weighing on him. What was the deciding factor here that sort of made him take that leap to say, you know what, I've got to go do this. Based on what we know, this is a guy who had some past legal issues. He struggled with drugs, but he went to prison, went to jail and became a Christian. Mm -hmm. So he then not only became a Christian, he ended up preaching and teaching at a recovery program called God's House of Hope. Um, so that's where he had gone. Once he recovered, he started teaching there. And it's interesting in this in this story because the sheriff, who admits that he's also a believer, um, again, his last name is Crook, he's talking about all of this and saying, look, this is a scenario where this guy got saved three years ago. And I love sort of hearing the sheriff use that language. You know, he got saved. He was in recovery. We sent him there. And now he's a teacher. He 
he made a decision, and I, I love this quote, to risk his physical freedom in order to regain his spiritual freedom. Um, and I guess he was having a hard time moving forward with this secret, right, in, in the back of his mind, knowing that this had happened, even though he changed his life after, that he needed to go back and make this right. And so that, from what we know, was the reason. You know, he wanted to, quote, get this off his chest. Mm, that is That is incredible because you're right. I mean, that's a great line by the... By the officer there to 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 sum it up because that that is you know the conviction there obviously weighing on him but that is the right thing to do and you know but not the easy thing to do and he was willing to do that how, how are people reacting to this well you know authorities are looking at other evidence so from their their perspective the case is not closed it's yeah. been opened right they want to know if there's anybody else who needs to be charged any other suspects but it's interesting there's a mixture of reactions a lot of people want um, his picture removed, you know, from God's House of Hope, from the organization that he was volunteer or he was teaching with. Um, a lot of people are angry about it. Others, though, are stepping forward and saying, "Look, we we need to that we need to forgive. He needs to pay for his crime, but we need to also have grace." Uh, one woman, Amy Coyle, who actually works with God's House of Hope, um, she appeared at the bond hearing along with others who actually testified to to his dramatic life change that he went through this amazing life change, and she had some really interesting statement. She said, quote, we know that God is a just God. He forgives, but we also have to take action for our responsibilities. And so she she spoke about that tough balance in a case like this. Yeah. And I, I think it's great that, you know, I mean, it's interesting that conversation about some people not wanting the picture up there. And I think society's definitions of heroes, we kind of tend to put this image of a perfect person up there. And spoiler alert, nobody is a perfect person. And obviously this is a horrible crime that he has committed. But again, you, you look at the Bible and even the the quote unquote heroes of the Bible all have terrible, terrible things that they've done in their life. I mean, the, the most quoted one is David, who obviously had an affair and then killed the woman's husband in order to cover it up, had him killed in the front line of battle. And so the, those are the sorts of things that God is after our heart. And so this is actually you know, of course, you're not celebrating the the thing he did. But when you look at his heart and he's clearly desiring to serve God above his own comforts, his own, even his own physical freedom, that is something we should be celebrating as Christians. Well, he could have just lived his life, right? This yeah. is a cold case. It may have been opened later on. But as far as we know, they did not have enough information to find anybody who might have been responsible mm. for it. Um, I do think it's evidence of you know how the Holy Spirit can convict us and will convict us when there's something we're concealing. Here he is telling people to change their lives. And yet he has this massive murderous secret in his back, yeah. you know, in his the back of his mind. I think I, I really appreciate what the sheriff said, because I think it rings so true as believers that uh, even though telling the truth and being honest about the situation certainly can, and in this situation, likely will in, in some way carry earthly consequences, physical consequences to it, it does provide a spiritual freedom uh, right, because the truth is the only thing that will will, will really set us free, uh, and I, you know, I I just think it's so profound that he's been so open and 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 honest about his situation when he could have this guy just stayed in the shadows, yeah. never owned up to it, and likely would have gotten away with it, right? Yeah. Um, but it, he knew that it was the right thing to do. Uh, and he's chosen to to have everything right with the Lord and right in his spirit over having 
potential physical freedom. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of eternity-minded focus that all of us should be striving yeah. for, and it's not so... It, it's easier said than done, absolutely. You know, fear of man, fear of losing the things we have on this earth um, are, are, are real, and they're strong, and they're tough to overcome. So kudos uh, in this story and, uh, you know, for, for Chris coming forward and, and doing what he did. It's a, it's a good example uh, for all of us. And Billy, thank you for bringing that one to us today. And that leads us to our main thing. And we're going to look at some, on a, on a similar theme here, some incredible second chance stories. As I was saying, look, we're all fault flawed people. We all make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes are so big that people just sort of get cast out and put aside. And, and it's very difficult to have a second chance. But obviously, as Christians, forgiveness and redemption, that is should be part of the DNA of who we are. And so today, we are going to look at some of these stories of redemption and reinstatement of some people who had previously been overcome by life circumstances or choices that nearly destroyed them and how they're getting back on their feet. That's today's main thing. Dr. Joseph Bucci, a professor of business at Regent University and the author of the new book, Redemption Incorporated, has a message about grace and redeeming people's lives. We sat down with him to ask him about businesses that are going out of their way to give people a second chance, to live out the gospel, and to help people who want to get their lives back on track. Here's what Dr. Bucci had to say. Well, you know, we're in a great time for that. I, I don't know if I sent this to you, but uh, two major uh, articles, one CNBC several weekends ago, uh, talked about this Second Chance Business Coalition through the Business Roundtable. Uh, Jamie Dimon, chairman of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, really pushing more social action. And uh, these businesses that have uh, really uh, covenanted to do this. Also, next chapter businesses in the tech sector who have uh, worked to uh, try and recruit uh, former prisoners to uh, tech work. But it's a it's a difficult process. So here's the thing with business, right? We want things right away. We want the perfect tire. We think we have a process. Uh, there's plenty of books on this. You know, the, the A method for finding the best person. Uh, but this work is hard. People fail. If you look at the track record of that one group, the next chapter, uh, it was founded. If you just do the timeline by reading the article, you can see that over a three or four year period, they've only been successful in placing 31 people in tech jobs, 31 people coming out of prison. That's not a that's not a huge success. It's a success. It's it's a process. You're taking people, you're trying to change a destiny. You're trying to change where they came from, uh, the streets or whatever. One chapter in the book talks about this um, a naval custodial corrections unit. You know, it's the lowest level of internment uh, in the Navy. You've got Fort Leavenworth on the top, and then you've got this lower echelon one. And, and, and all the officers there volunteer for that work uh, because they know that they're trying to change a destiny. If they can get these kids, instead of dishonorably discharging them, putting them back on the street, if they can change their lives. Um, it's going to help society. It's going to help the Navy. It makes a big difference. So uh, businesses are starting to come around because still huge uh, needs. Uh, what was it? Uh, yesterday, 11.2 million uh, jobs still needing to be filled. Unemployment still low, uh, very low. Uh, so they've got to look at different pools. 
Yeah, and you know, the, there's a lot of training, as you were mentioning. There's a lot that goes into this, but I saw a report yesterday, and we actually did a story on it at uh, Faithwire and CBN News about um, this business that was actually um, helping employ people with special needs. And it was an organization, right. which is a different issue, but but a related issue. You know, people who have Down syndrome or other developmental right. issues, and they've never been outside of their home, they've never worked, and they have right. so much potential to do that. And so there does seem to be a move organizationally and in businesses to do this hard thing, right? To go out there and to train people um, and to give them not only second chances, but a first chance in the case of the people in the story I just mentioned. Now you wrote this book, Redemption Incorporated, and, and you looked at so many different stories, so many different you know businesses and organizations. Was there a particular individual story, and I'm sure there are a lot of them, but one that really, you know, the, the one that really struck you the most and pulled at your heartstrings the most? Oh my goodness! Uh, just I mean, just so many stories. I was told I had too much. Uh, uh, I needed to cut back. Whether just so many cool stories. I'll tell you the one story about the two men named Chris. Local story, local guys. Uh, one very successful sales per uh, person, uh, person of color uh, in a major corporation. Another person, very well-to-do family, found himself in drugs. They grew up together, played together, uh, separated, went their own separate ways came back together when the one Chris's brother uh, died of a drug overdose. The other Chris came, they reconnected again. And this one Chris uh, actually uh, got into the ministry, but his ministry became the ministry of training people on how to be business people and investing in their lives. And he said to the drug addict, he said, you know, if you'll leave that, I will work with you and help you to be successful. Uh, the gentleman got on methadone, still struggling with his addiction. Uh, finally, the one uh, man named Chris gave him the business and said, I'm going to give you this business so that you can be successful, but you got to get off the drugs. Got off the drugs, the one Chris. Uh, now they partner together. It's incredible. The only condition on them giving this business was they take the money and they reinvest it so they can help other people provide second chances. Now, one of them is CFO. The other one is COO of a local franchise smoothie stop, and they're starting to grow these stores. And again, hiring uh, people uh, that other people would not invest in because they've seen the power of second chances. It's incredible. It's just a God thing, and it's just incredible to watch. It's a positive form of dominoes, right? You've been helped, and then you want to help other people. And I think the people most apt to do that are the ones who have been through it, right? The ones who have seen it right. or they've been through it, and oh, they absolutely. know the value, you. They know the value of it. So, so as we sort of round out here to a close, what, what are you hoping people take away from Redemption Incorporated? They pick up the book, maybe they're business owners and, and ideally believers, or maybe they're just believers. What are you hoping the big takeaway is? So two or three things quick, right? Businesses, please take chances on these people. Give them opportunities because you're going to change. Like I said, you're not just changing a life. You're changing a trajectory, right? If we can get these people away from where they were, second chance, it'll affect their lives, their families' lives for generations, right? Uh, Christians in churches to encourage people through failure uh, to pour into them. Pastors to provide support for people who fail, uh, help them reconnect with uh, uh, with business. Uh, one story talks about uh, of all the businesses in one study, 71% of business owners who tried and failed never tried again. Living with failure, uh, it, it can be devastating. It can it, it can 
cause people to really give up on God and understanding failure is real, but second chances are, are uh, revitalizing people's lives. So uh, reading stories, being encouraged. Maybe there's a person who reads it and says, you know, I'm struggling with the same thing. Uh, I really need to, to uh, take a step here and get into adult and teen challenge or, or get into an AA group uh, because it's going to mean a difference. It's going to, I'm going to have to be honest. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, uh, announce this and maybe I'll feel some shame, but there's no shame in admitting you need help. Uh, and so uh, there are a lot of uh, outcomes we hope from the book. Well, and our entire faith is built on redemption and grace and hope. And so I appreciate you taking the time today. The book is Redemption Incorporated. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. That was Dr. Joseph Bucci. Again, the book is Redemption Incorporated. You can grab copies at Amazon or wherever books are sold. All right, Billy, thank you for that conversation there. Great stuff. And that leaves us with time for one last thing. And Trey, there's a story that was getting some a lot of attention here on uh, on Facebook, through uh, social media here, through Faithwire, and, and Mark Wahlberg and his daily routine. And I think it's something for us all to glean something from. Yeah, absolutely. It's always cool when you're, whenever you see someone in Hollywood, and particularly someone like Wahlberg, like, you know, a megastar, yeah. uh, being open about his faith. So he recently said on an interview with NBC, uh, he, quote, can't start the day without being in prayer. He said, I can't start the day without reading my scripture either. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that was just such a profound reminder to us about the importance of prayer as believers. Uh, we live in a culture that so often wants to kind of uh, suggests that prayer isn't powerful, that it doesn't really matter, but we know as believers that's not true. Uh, and it reminded me of Romans 12, 12. This is rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and to be constant in prayer. I know that I could be, be better about this all the time, is, is take everything that I'm going through uh, to the Lord in prayer. Start the day and end the day with prayer. Uh, and his comments, Mark Wahlberg's comments, were just a good reminder to keep that a priority in my life. Yeah. And, and I liked, I liked too, how he pointed out that his kids are watching. And so you're imparting that on them just by example. They're going to see what dad is concerned about and what dad puts first and what dad puts last. And I think that's a great, it's a great reminder for us all. Our kids are watching and we can say it a million times, but showing it is the much stronger yeah. way to impart the lessons. Totally. Totally. A hundred percent. So, all right, good stuff. That's where we're going to leave it for today. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave a rating. We'd love to hear from you. So, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We will be back here tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you then.